Good evening, or good day, or good morning, whatever time you're listening to this. Um, you are listening to I Spit on Your Grades presents the Fright Fest special for 2022. You can hear my luscious voice, tis me, Faye. I'm joined by Chris. Hello. And by Mercer. Hello. Are we all okay this evening? Are we all now relaxed and had some sleep and had some food and had some rest? Mm, no, because I've had to go back to work. So I've slept, I've eaten, and I'm back into the grinding monotony of work. I too was back into work the very next day, so I'll quit you whining. We all have to do it. We all have to get back on board, apart from Mercer, who I believe has took the week off. Yes, I'm back on Monday. And um, I'm absolutely dreading every single second of it. See, it doesn't always pay to have holiday because we've just thrown ourselves right back in there. We're, we're dealing with the dread now. He's got a whole four days to ponder on this. That is very true. And I'm also very much cheered by the fact that this weekend I get to go with my select match type co-host down the card to watch big American people beat each other up. And leaves his wife on her own in the house with the dog for it to get broken into and possibly murdered. Well, the house is going to be murdered. I will be murdered. Oh, oh I thought you meant the dog was going to but be the murdered. House, no, but the, house, the dog never dies. The house is okay, though, yeah? The house is okay, yeah. The house is fine. The house if we is get okay, bur- Willie's fine. If we get burgled now, you're going to feel really crap. I'd feel really crap if I got burgled at any point, to be honest. Anyway... Have we been watching anything in the last day or so we've been back or are we all filmed out? Mercer's going to reel off 87 shitty Prime films he's watched in the last three days. I have watched uh, not many films, actually. I think I've watched four films since I've we watched, got back. I've watched two. I have watched one. Oh, there you go. This I'm la- lagging, lagging in the film-watching stakes. What were your films, Mercer? You, you, do you know what? I don't really want to waste anybody's time before very poor films that I watched. Um, yes, two were from... Oh, no, they weren't even from Amazon. They were just old DVDs. Do you know when you just make your way through DVDs? You go, I don't even know what this is. But when they've got titles like Breakdown Lane or The Bone Box or The Bates Haunting, you just know they're not going to be good. Okay. So I don't know why I did it. I watched actually two good films. Uh, just before recording this, I rewatched one of my all-time favourites, Drop Dead Gorgeous, because it is hilarious and still holds up as one of the best films ever made or mockumentaries. Can I just say, so I went to CEX today and I was absolutely livid. I stormed out of the place when I saw that Drop Dead Gorgeous was in the pound DVD selections. That is that is a crime. I will agree with you. However, it does mean it's accessible for more people to watch and more people to fall in love with. So, silver lining. It might get picked up by somebody who spreads the word and then more people go out and watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. Not that I think it's an underrated film. I think it's quite popular, so a lot of people have heard of it already. But I hope that it does get a new audience by being in the pound section. We also watched Run last night, which was surprisingly okay. (laughs) Surprisingly (laughs) all right. You had to spend a lot of disbelief on what was happening because uh, you just, there were poor choices made all around. 
Am I making run up? Is it Sandra Bullock in a wheelchair? It's Sarah Paulson as a mother who's got a daughter in a wheelchair. I mean, same person, really, aren't they? <laughs> not at all. No. Um, yeah, it's it's all right. It's not bad. No, it's, it it was perfectly enjoyable. What way to spend an hour and a half in the evening? It's a bit of an insensitive film title, though, isn't it? If it's about a girl in a wheelchair. Well, don't we won't. <laughs> Dan, problematic. If you go watch this film, just turn off around the next 20 minutes, I imagine. I wasn't going to comment on the film. I was going to comment on a film that's been announced for Grimfest called Jessica. I'd just like to point out, I got the premise of this just from the title. So the title alone has done its job. What do you think Jessica is about? Jessica. No, Jessica. So J-E-T-H-I-K-A. Just thinking about it. Well, it sounds like um, an amalgamation of a male and a female, or typically male-female name. That's what so I I'm said. I'm assuming. Yeah. That, that's right. what I said. Chris let, did not. Let me, let me pronounce it for you. I'm sorry for anyone here or listening who takes offense. I'm only doing it so I can instill how it's supposed to be read. Jeffica. Jeffica. It's about a serial killer. It's about a stalker. A stalker who's stalking <laughs> a girl called Jessica and he has a speech impediment. So it's Jeffica. Jeffica. Exactly, Mercer. Your face was exactly what I thought. I said that's highly insensitive. Wow. But we haven't seen the film, so we don't know yet. We don't know if that's, you know, we don't know how it's handled or anything like that. So we'll see, I guess. I just want to flip the subject to obviously the Fright Fest films. And I think this episode, we aren't going to give spoilers. No. So you are safe to listen. We will do our damnedest not to ruin anything at all. We will speak passionately about them. We may be light on detail, but we yes. will speak, we will, you will feel the love that we have for these movies. Yes. And what love it was because. I'll admit, when I first saw the lineup, I was not completely enthralled with the list of films that were playing. Yeah, having been there over the whole weekend, I'm happy to stand corrected that it's one of the strongest years, definitely since I've been going. I know you two feel that it's probably one of the strongest years overall. Absolutely. Yes, it, it was incredible this year. I couldn't believe that every single film I was watching was just a hit after a hit after a hit. There was only one film, well, one and a half films throughout the entire programme that I didn't get on board with, and that definitely bad one was Super Z, and the half bad one was The Lair. But The Lair's more laughable than anything. Have you seen, just throwing this out there, that Super Z has actually made it into a few top tens of the festival? I don't <laughs> Obviously, think Obviously, they only watched... They must have only watched 10 films. Um, so there, was, there was only about 10 people there. How could it make it into that many top 10? It's just our friend John Lynch making multiple accounts and just putting Super Z on every single one. I see you, John. I know what you're doing. But yeah, uh, Super just, Z was awful in my book. Sorry. Yeah. I just want to echo what you just said, Chris. It's, it's definitely been the strongest year. And I know it's the strongest year 
I've ever read because this is the first time that I've gone to do a top five and I've got like a top 15 and I'm really struggling to get them down to the top yeah. five. So this it's, is going to be hard. Exactly the same. There's a couple of there's a couple of films that I absolutely love. And one that I came out of that I thought at that point was my film of the weekend that didn't make my top five. And I think on that note, we should give our top fives, but this time I'm going to say, and as I'm sure you would all agree, it is in no particular order because these are the ones that I gave the highest score to and I cannot pick in putting them in a place because they were all so good. There's even two I didn't fit in here that I really wanted to and we'll do as honourable mentions later just in quick succession. But yeah, would you like me to go first? Yeah, why don't you go through your top five? I've got a horrible feeling we'll reel off just five five of the same films each but go on then you give your top five okay my top five in no particular order is sissy the harbinger piggy deadstream and something in the dirt very nice do you want me to go go for mine certainly okay so again in no particular order barbarian deadstream something in the dirt the harbinger Sissy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we have got a very, very similar list. Mm-hmm. Um, in no particular order then, um, Sissy, Piggy, anything that ends in a Y, basically. Sissy, <laughs> Piggy, Barbarian, The Harbinger, and I'm going with Hypochondriac. <gasps> very near, very near. You know what, we should probably just do our honourable mentions now because Hypochondriac was one I came out of and went, wow, this is so far, this is my film of the weekend. And it very narrowly missed out, along with Next Exit. They're the two that I came up I managed to narrow it down to top seven, and they're the two that just very narrowly missed out. My two honourable mentions are also Barbarian <laughs> and Torn Hearts, because Torn Hearts was fucking ace. And my two honourable mentions were obviously Next Exit, and it pains me that it weren't in my top five. It was so difficult to to pick that. Mm -hmm. And um, Visitor from the Future. Oh, I didn't see that. No, I did not see that either. Did not grab me from the description, but everyone I know who went to see it said it was great. Yeah. It did not grab me from the description at all, Chris. And I think literally probably like 10 minutes in, I I was in I'd, I'd entered that world and I didn't want to leave it. See, this is how strong it was as well, because going with um, Incredible But True, Incredible But True? Yes, Incredible But True. That didn't grab me from the description and I watched it and I had an absolute blast with it. It was great. <laughs> we have to be wary of just going into all the films we watched all, <laughs> all weekend. Went, yeah, okay. I saw this and this and it. I think if we start with one that we all saw, and from a director that we are all, especially me, is a huge, a huge fan of, and was absolutely delighted to spend some time with over the weekend and just chill and have a beer with because they're one of the nicest people ever. It is Andy Mitten's The Harbinger. Absolutely fantastic. Creepy as you like, atmospheric, brilliantly told story fantastic performances 
it's yeah you I want to talk about this film I won't be talking about this film because I want everyone to go in blind and just you know go along for the ride well there you go I think we covered that one <laughs> <laughs> no it's um it, it the, we can give the premise of it yeah. the premise is basically uh, a lady called Mavis um is having oh, how would you describe it she's having waking no she's having she's having in, extremely disturbing nightmares which are putting out the prolonged periods not your normal nightmares yeah. you full absolutely screwing up your body and your mind don't know whether you're awake or asleep kind of nightmares she thinks she's going out of her mind and calls up her old college friend Monique who um, comes over straight away to make sure she's all right and we see that um the influence of that is getting passed on to her and then she also begins to start having these horrible terrifying dreams yeah uh, another thing which obviously isn't a spoiler but it was filmed and set during the pandemic and i was always going to be worried about yeah, pandemic, pandemic films mm. uh, not necessarily them being made during the pandemic but how much focus would be given to that but i think this perfectly kind of just it was just the world that we lived in it wasn't like like forced down and throw it was just like this is the world this is the experience and I think that was handled really well yeah it, it just felt completely natural as to yeah. how it was played out and, and it was just going through the everything that we were going through at the time so yeah like you say it never felt forced at any point it never felt like it was you know overtaking the story no and it's a good it, it's always if anything good, it added to it yeah I was gonna say I mean it's a good way to get the family back together, obviously the dad and the two adult children, you wouldn't be able to do in a natural way otherwise. And the play between the three of them, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again, there's no one who writes a better family dynamic and dialogue than in horror than Andy Mitten does right now. And of course, with the circumstances of the pandemic as well, it, it, it massively ramps up the paranoia in terms of something that, you know, again, we could all relate to it because we all went through it, especially when the pandemic first started, constantly cleaning stuff and making sure we're wearing masks and not touching anyone and not going near anyone. So we all lived through it. So it, it just feels that little bit more personal when you're watching it. Yeah. It? yeah. And as you say, it's, it's creepy the whole way through. The absence of people around gives that real world, but just that also, also to kind of, You've got no one there to help you, all abandoned kind of yeah. vibe to it. All I would say is, UK people, um, it's been announced to play at Grimfest, so I would get to Grimfest and get it watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll leave it there with that, because that's all you need to know about it. Just go in and watch it and have a brilliant time with it. Yeah. Yes. Moving on, should we Should we go? maybe move on to Sissy? Because we all love Sissy. Oh, we love all of all of them. We do, we, but we really love Sissy. <laughs> we really, really love Sissy. Uh, yeah. I literally have one thing to say about Sissy, and that is perfection. Mm-hmm. That is it. I can't. I can't say. It. I've tried to write a review, and I was just like, I can't even put into words how much I fucking loved that film. Yes. I can't put it into words. I was I t- blown away. I'll tell you how much it managed to grab me. I know we were all in the same screening with it. Apparently there's someone talking all the way 
or a good portion of the way through the film, which isn't on, especially at Fright Fest. But I was that engrossed. Normally I pick up on that. Normally it really irritates me. But I was that engrossed in the film that at no point did I notice this going on around me. As you say, the film is just absolutely one of the best of the year. We'll get it out there early. If you're going to do a double bill, this pairs with Tragedy Girls. There's no denying Absolutely the kind of themes and kind of style with which it shares. Um, again, just a quick synopsis. We've got a uh, team best friend, Cecilia and Emma, who have been estranged for some time um, and they bump into each other at the pharmacy and she says, oh, I'm getting married. Come along to my engagement do and come along to my hen do. So uh, Cecilia, or Sissy, uh, turns up only to find that one of the party really doesn't want her there uh, based on something that happened a long time ago in school. And as the film plays out, you see what's happened and why everybody's so uncomfortable. Uh, just want to say that Aisha D, who plays Cecilia, is amazing. And honestly, I don't think I've ever seen a more perfect face ever. <laughs> she has the most perfect face. She's incredible in this. And she plays... I, I, again, I can't tell you what she plays because I don't want to go into it. Just go ahead and watch it. She is fucking phenomenal in this film. Amazing. I agree. I was absolutely mesmerised by every little thing that she did on that screen. And, yeah, I, I can't, like, do you know, like, when you talk about perfect casting, like, that is perfect perfect casting she was absolutely ridiculous i would i would say obviously we'll and we're not going to go into specific spoiler detail but when you read the synopsis and you watch the film it is easy to see where this film is going to go it's fun obviously with how how it gets there and the absolute chaos that spirals out of control but so again, it, try to go in blind if you can. Don't read up on it. Just go in and watch it. If you can. To be honest, I think after the first 15, 20 minutes, you probably you can probably pick where it's going. That's okay. I was saying, yeah, there's nothing. I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm just saying, even if you go in blind, I, I don't feel the need to go in. If you read the synopsis, I don't think it's going to ruin it for you. I think it's nearly impossible to ruin this film. The, uh, the humour in this one as well is on point. It's just brilliant. Yes. It, it, again, that total Tragedy Girls vibe about it, it plays on social media and the friendship that they have together. And I can I cannot fault this film. I absolutely cannot fault it in any way, shape or form. I love it. Can't wait to see it again and hope I get to see it again somewhere. Rob, sell, announce it, please. I really want to see it again. <laughs> well, it drops, it drops on Shudder at the start of October, I oh, think, so... Well, I mean, that's good, because I'll get Shudder for a month so I can watch it again, because it's... Yeah, as I say, there are some films that it would be nice to see with an audience again, but I know there's quite a few of these films that we love that which have been picked up by Shudder, which are going to drop before yeah. the rest of the festivals. Oh, well, still get to see it. That's all that matters. What's next? Do you two want to do Piggy? I haven't seen it, so... Mm, okay. I mean, we've got 15 mm. films, or about 17 films to get through between us, and we're two down after about 40 minutes, so... I, I only say, mm, like that, because Piggy is 
probably going to get me in therapy at some point as I'm sure hypochondriac is for a lot of other people as well um but piggy just uh it's, it's a sensitive subject for me and I was a bit worried about watching it um it's about a lovely lovely lady called Sarah she's a teenager in this small town she is overweight um and is, gets a lot of flack from the other girls within the town they bully her it's horrible and she goes swimming one day and the girls turn up and take her towel away and I don't know if this is going to be a spoiler so I might not go any further would this be a spoiler I think it will don't I go think it... don't go any further no no further there's no spoilers but Piggy is incredible and heartbreaking and oh brutal and oh, it made me cry it made me happy it I don't Come tequila it, it, it swirled a whole load of emotion in me and I'm still thinking about it now and it's been days since yeah. I saw it and I'm still thinking about it so yeah again I think as well Laura Gallan who plays Sarah Sarah um is impeccable in this film um and she is very relatable, regardless of like um, what you know. What oh my god, I can't even speak. Um, <laughs> regardless of like the issues that she was having about being bullied about her size, anyone who's been bullied for being different, you can you can kind of get a sense of some of the actions, some of the things, the way she is. You can kind of relate to that because you know it's kind of typical behavior yeah. of someone being bullied the bullies are fucking horrible mm-hmm. absolutely horrible hated them with every ounce of my being but the film is brilliant and um I, yeah. I i i don't want to be that person as well but it was it was so refreshing to see somebody up there with i don't want to say a real body because all bodies are real but it, it was so nice to see somebody up there representing um an over, you know, an, an overweight demographic yeah. in all its glory, looking fucking beautiful, might I add, looking absolutely stunning. It was gorgeous to see. It wasn't like somebody being picked and went, oh, I'm overweight, but I'm not actually overweight, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that, that was great to see. And yeah, Piggy is well worth your time. It, just like Happy Face, I think it will it will stay with you for a while. Barbarian guys, you yes, you, we're, you've got it in your top five. We're we're, motor, we're motoring through, which is good because we need we yep. do need to cover them. Barbarian, this this we... is gonna be, this is gonna be nearly impossible to go through. Are we still on an embargo from Disney Channel to not? Well, we're not giving the plot away, yeah. so well, we're not well, allowed right. to review it, are we? No. <laughs> Well, Disney execs have got in touch and said it's fine for us to cover it. So I swear to God, I saw Mickey Mouse out of side with a switch knife, just waiting. <laughs> Fuck off, Mouse. <laughs> no, we're not going to go into detail, so we're all right. That's the thing. We're fine. And it, it technically goes out on social media. We're not putting it in writing, so it's okay. Okay. Yeah? Okay, no more threat of Mickey. Thank you. Yeah, but again, Barbarian is going to be so hard to talk about because it's batshit. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I was gonna compare it to one of my nearly compared to one of my favorite films of last year, which the director doesn't like anyone doing. And I just realized how much even that 
is a spoiler if I said yes. It's like this. It's like it's other film. What you will have gathered from the trailer is that one of the scars guards. <laughs> one of the scars guards. I mean, before you actually go ahead and say that, fair. I mean, the advice I would give to everybody is don't watch the trailer. Don't the trailer, the trailer the doesn't give a lot away. The trailer gives nothing away. It's totally done. But, another film that's just come out recently that I won't talk about. Yeah, but we <laughs> we, we we still say, you know what? Go. Maybe we won't. We can't say anything at all about it because we want people to go in. Yeah, no. Completely I'm cold. saying, I'm saying, yeah, but, yeah. I'm not saying anything about Barbarian. Just go in blind and have your life fucked up. The place is going to, internet is going to go, everyone's saying the internet, Twitter's going to go mental when it's released and people have their opinion on it. And you know what? Yes, yes it is. I'm going to go and watch it again. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be fun watching it with a cinema that doesn't know what's coming. Are we allowed to say what cast's in it? No, I'm, I'm, well, yeah, because you can look on IMDb and find out the and see yeah. the cast in it. I mean, obviously you've got Skarsgård and Justin Long in it and... They're both brilliant in it, one more so than the other, um, for reasons you will see when you watch it. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking great! It's fantastic. I, I really can't wait to watch it again. I might go in drunk next time. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's definitely something that, that when you watch it for the first time, you need to watch it with an audience because you you need to. That's it. That, that, that's me done. Watch it with an audience, watch it blind, don't like, I mean, open your eyes, but like, watch <laughs> it and, and like, just like, get in there and just go with it. Yeah, yeah just go so with it. it. Don't, don't hold back when I'm gone, XYZ, nah, just surrender yourself to the craziness and you'll have a fantastic time. Cool. Did we all pick Deadstream? Oh. No, but you two did, so you go for it. Yes, we, we will, because from one from one ridiculous amount of fun to another, this is the film that our friend Mark Logan, who saw the original Evil Dead in the cinema back in 80-whatever. 81? 81. If I, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said it was pretty much, it was up there, maybe second to the experience of watching Evil Dead for the first time in the cinema. That is how high a how high a watermark this high praise indeed and you know what he's absolutely right it's <laughs> it's ridiculous it's evil dead meets death of a blogger meets digging up the marrow meets yes it, it, it follows um Sam Raimi meets creature. Oh, Sam Raimi meets creature feature meets splatterific meets comedy. If you want to throw it, it meets it every single thing. Um, It's about a a character called Sean Ruddy, and he runs a famous YouTube channel in which he does pranks, um, which is funny in itself when you're watching it. But then he decides, oh, I'm actually scared of haunted houses, so I'm going to go to a haunted house and spend the night there by myself. This is his comeback because he's been cancelled. Yes, he got cancelled, so this is his, his, his comeback stunt as it were um and he goes he goes to lengths he goes to lengths to make sure he stays there and everything that happens in that house is just hilarious and jumpy and 
whatever else you want. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it is just absolute. It's like it is like a fun house. It's an absolute right the whole way through. One of the the thing they do really well is they have him they have him live streaming the event as he was doing it, as if he was doing it on YouTube, and things like live streamers. Fucking hang that shit. I really can't. <laughs> I can't be bothered with it. I'm sorry if, if you're doing it and you love doing it. That's great. You do whatever you want to do. But it bores the ass off me. You're, in, you're in the modern world now, old man. Yeah, Just accepting being, things as how things are. That's being 40 for you. But yes, can't stand it. But the way they do it with him, with the live stream, and the comments coming in at the same time that he's re- reading through as well, and all the video and photo links that get sent that just prods the story along and just adds a general sense of creepiness it works really and comedy. It's, it's superb. Mm-hmm. I know it's, I'm kind of, I know it's getting a shit of release again. I think it's early October, which I'm gutted because I really, really wanted to see this again with a screen, even more than Barbarian. Stick this on the last film at night. Like Fright Fest did. This time though, I just got absolutely I just got pissed. Mm. I just gone and had an absolutely brilliant time and just let it just wash over me. I can't I don't it's one of these things with these five films each. I can't stop eulogizing. It's <laughs> this was such a strong year. I had I so much fun with I everything I watched. Some less outright fun, but the enjoyment of everything I watched this year was pretty high. And Deadstream, as I say, his performance is brilliant. This is everything that Dash Cam should have been. Yeah. So let's do Hypochondriac. <laughs> Hypochondriac is, um, again, fantastic, relatable. Um, it's it's one of them films that has so many, like, light, nice moments. And then, like, rips your kind of, like, heart out and, like, mm-hmm. stamps all over it and then, like, tries to shove it back in just to make you feel like even more shit it's um it's lovely it's about a young um young guy uh will who's you know traumatized from his past um for certain reasons he's kind of almost got his life on track and then bam something triggers him and he just starts spiraling out of kind of not out of control but like his mental health starts spiraling Mm. it's such a journey this film. It's, de- it's devastating. It is. A, it really it's, is. It's a, it's a traumatic film to watch. It really is. For anyone who's ever had any sort of um, mental health issues or family issues, it just, it, it, yeah, like you say, it tears your heart out. Well, I mean, let's face it, the sheer honesty of the director whose name completely escapes me off the top of my head. Addison Hyman. Who is. An absolute ball of energy in the oh, intro. Yeah. When he came out. But it was completely off. He came out and he just stood and go, This is a song. This is a song. This is a film about, about my breakdown. I think that's what makes it all the more kind of Personable. like hard hitting. Yeah, because you know, we all, you know, People, you see loads of like stuff like biography stories or whatever, but you don't always get to see the person in person who's experienced it and see like their personal journey being shown right in front of you. And let's be honest, you know, guy was like okay, but he was also 
uh, maybe not okay <laughs> because he was all over the place. But um, the fact that he he took what he went through, put it down. Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming there were some embellishments because if not, fuck me. Uh, but yeah, yeah th- it was it was it, it was incredible. It was again just an amazing piece of film and piece of work and. Um, Zach Villa, who plays the the kind of main guy, will it, I, perfection again. Mm-hmm. Like the, these cast it like the, these directors this year when they've or whoever's cast these people in these films, it's bonkers. It's literally these people live and breathe these films, and, well, the, and it, I think that's what gives you that enjoyment. He said that the uh, the actor was chosen. I don't think this is a spoiler because obviously we're dealing with mental health. But he said that in order to choose the actor, he gave them a scene in which they were having a panic attack and which they were bringing somebody else out of a panic attack. And he said that the guy he chose did them too perfectly. I mean, he was doing all the and you know you recognise it straight away. He was doing all the um like the disassociation on tell me what you can see in front of you, tell me what you, like five things you can smell, four things you can see, three things you can touch, all that kind of jazz. Um, and that's why they picked the guy because he did it the best, which is and he does and he does it really well in the film, really really well. So yeah, pick the right guy. Completely realistic, and that's mm-hmm. the thing when you see him do that. Again, another film where the relationships are so well written and they just feel completely natural. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is a film that I'm so glad I watched in a cinema, but I now want to sit and watch it on my own with a mm-hmm. bottle of red wine just so I can sob, ugly cry, and um, get away with it. Yes. But I don't know whether it's got a release or not. I'm I- hoping it will. I've no idea, unfortunately. There's no way it can't. It's, it's too good a film not to get a release, so this will definitely get released at some point. If it doesn't, I will eat my own head somehow. Finance it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, put, we'll put a Kickstarter together to finance it to get it released, but it absolutely will get released, I'm sure, because it's just phenomenal. Yeah. So probably on to um, our most, what's the word for... One that we want to talk about but can't talk about because we don't want to go into it too much. Something in the dirt. Is that not every film we've done so yeah, far this season? This more so than yeah. any other because of the subject matter of the film. It um it takes you on a journey and you can choose to uh, obsess over that journey after the film if you wish. I know I will. Yes, Mercer. I'm just thinking that the common trend with all of these films so far is it takes you on a journey. It does. It really does. <laughs> You'd kind of hope a film did that anyway, but these really do. Uh, so you know that Something in the Dirt is the latest edition from uh, Aaron and Justin. And um, for me, it's on par with The Endless and the endless is my favorite, so I've I've now got a joint first place. It might even pip it a little bit, to be honest, just because the relationship between them in this film is amazing and funny, and organic, and steeped in paranoia. It's it's just amazing. So, um, Justin's character Levi turns up in this new apartment block, um, and he starts finding weird. Well, he finds one particularly weird thing uh, that then leads on to something that might be weird about the town. Yeah, the, yeah? the whole the whole film is a collection of 
threads and theories and dead rabbit ends holes. and rabbit holes. And we won't yeah. tell you whether they managed to find what they're looking for at the end of it either. You have to go and see and actually find out for it, yourself. It's typical Aaron and Justin in terms of what they do with the subject matter, I think. Um, they, they do like to take things just that little bit further than you're expecting them to take. And they do so in something in the dirt as well. For me, <clears throat> this was probably one of my least anticipated films of the festival. Interesting. I've not, yeah, I've, I, you know, I, I, I've not, I didn't really like Spring. I didn't really like The Endless. I couldn't even get through Synchronic. Um, and I was just like, this is going to be a nightmare. But I couldn't get a ticket for another film. And... I know I were already skipping two films and I thought I can't afford like it financially it's not feasible to skip like more than two films. No value for um, me. No. So I went in there like completely like expecting to actually get up and walk out. Fuck me. I was so wrong. It's mm. it's it's definitely the for me the definitely the best film they've ever done which any film that's even slightly good would be the best film they'd ever done. But for me, I was just like, this is really, really good. Mm -hmm. Like, definitely, you know, if we had a top 10, it would have been in there. Um, yeah, I really, really kind of enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And it's even made me think I need to go back and watch them other films. And like, I think, you know. I think what sets this apart for me from the rest of their films is that the characters that they play kind of stand alone by themselves so they have their own backstory whereas I don't feel mm -hmm. I mean it's not that I don't feel that you get that in other ones because you do but they somehow it, it's really hard to say that as well and I'm, I'm not going to say yeah, that they got... it is that they do they they are their own separate characters in it but when they come together it's something special which which I guess is kind of what they've done in the past in terms of like the endless and resolution and so I suppose they tend to play in synchronic and the endless they tend to have already played people already know each other. They already have a pre-existing yeah. yeah. relationship that we're that's already sketched out before we join them. Whereas this is them right from the start, right from the first time they meet. I, we're there yeah. with them. I do also think it's their funniest piece as well. I think the humor in it is brilliant. And it, it might it, it might come across as subtle, but I think it just lands really, really well given the subject matter that we won't tell you about. <laughs> no. And I guess we'll definitely get to see this again. I hope so. Again, I'm hoping a certain festival director, programmer Hope. might have programmed it. Hoping, or are they just not going to program it standardly as soon as there's a, a Moorhead and Benson film out? They have played them all, right, before. We're yeah. talking about Cell here, by the way. Yeah. Like, we're hoping that but Cell they, they, replay this. They played all of the, the films they've done, aren't they? I believe so. I do believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because it wasn't yeah. Synchronic the secret film. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And to be fair, we've only got till next Thursday to actually wait for Sony to be dropping their lineup. That's me rubbing my hands in excitement. Yeah. So, we're very much looking forward to, you know, we know that Rob, Lucy, and Polly are going to. Thank you, I do know their names. <laughs> Lucy and Polly are going to program a great lineup. So, I'm, yeah, not, I'm, I'm chill. I don't, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I know it's going to be good. So, 
It's always good. Unless Rob programs Super Z. Don't program Super Z, you, Rob. We will you, fall out. If you program Super Z, Rob, then I'll, you, I'll, you come, still, I'll come, but I'll I'll leave as soon as that film comes. You you still have time to remove it. You can go and tell them. You know what? <laughs> you were you just you can cursed. You were had some kind of accident before, you, and then you, you had some bad seafood. Yeah, you weren't mentally competent to tell them they made a good film and you wanted it. Which I, and do you know what I say? We shouldn't slag off Super Z as much as we do, but fuck that film. Fuck it. Hated it. Anyway, we're not here to talk about what we hated. We're talking Merce, about what we liked. Mercer's get really quiet there as if it appeared that you didn't hate with an absolute passion Super Z. Just leave us slagging it off. Mercer, did you really enjoy it? Um, I think that it was a film uh, which could have done with the volume turning down and maybe the lens cap putting back on the camera. Um, uh, you know, yeah, so it was fine. Uh, no, it, it was, I, I, I said to you, you two before, I could, I could see why there is an appeal. It was just too um, in your face. And we, were, we were not that was, audience. We were yeah. not their target audience, no. It was like a, it, it was like a cartoon, mm -hmm. but like a like a like a like a live action version of a cartoon, but I, even screechier. I, I said it at the time. The two characters, the because I mean, Super Z is about aware zombies, and they um, they start making a life for themselves uh, after an experiment's gone wrong in a lab. It, it like you say, it just plays out like a comic strip. But the two leads, the male and the female, female sounds like Pingu on crack. And the man sounds like Papa Lazarou the whole way through, but if Papa Lazarou was speaking French. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, to say we hated this film, it's got more airtime than some of the ones that we loved. <laughs> so shall we move on yes, from Super yes. Z? But uh, that's something in the dirt. Fantastic. Go watch it. You're not going to be disappointed. It's everything that you want from Aaron and Justin. They've done good again. Oh, for the first time. <laughs> it's I. I love all their work, but I think this is the best for me mm. so far. I think the relationship between the two of them is is the strongest in this one. Good stuff, really. Good stuff. I say I was absolutely enthralled by it. Have we missed any of anybody's top five? No, no, we have. I I feared we had loads to cover, but then I completely discounted the how much crossover. We had so we have rattled through it. Well, before we move on to our Fright Fest highlights that aren't necessarily films, I just want to give a shout out to Torn Hearts. Bray Grant directed a story of two girls in a country band who uh, seek out their idol who was shrouded in some sort of controversy. That is all I will say. It's fun. Get it watched if you can because it's fantastic. Right. So, no more shout outs. Next exit. Get it watched. Uh, <laughs> we move on. Sure. Let's let's move on, family dinner. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't I'm, I don't need to shout out anything because I I'm someone who is able to stick to the brief for our episode. So. Oh Chris, stop being a leech and sucking the fun out of everything. <laughs> he is the leech. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Plus I can't be bothered loading my letterbox back up to see what <laughs> Anywho. Uh, so, 
it's got to be said this year i mean like we, we've already mentioned this year was one of the strongest i've ever known and i've been going since 2010 it, it was fucking wild this year um <laughs> the q and a's the q and a's this year was some of the weirdest q and a's i've ever been part of ever <laughs> everyone just chose violence yeah i think i think at this point now is the time to probably not get rid of the q and a but the way it's structured is now time to axe ax it. We've got things like Slido now. You got you got Twitter if you want to private message here, whoever's running the QA. Now is the time for the host of the QA. Because I don't wanna I don't wanna slag them off here because I know I've seen I'm not, I know they're running around doing I've written around doing a lot of things, but a QA should be structured because it's not. And they weren't, and they were chaos. They weren't chaos because people, they were, well, they were chaos slightly because people were asking ridiculous and offensive questions, but they were also chaos because the people running them couldn't organise any kind of structure. Yeah, I I, I think as well, um, and again, it's no disrespect, as you said, Chris, these people are very busy. They run into the Q&A after doing like a million and one things pre that, Um I think, though, there should be an element of if they're going to continue with the audience just asking questions there and then, that the person who's running the Q&A should shut a question down when it is offensive mm. or rude. And I'm not saying censor people, you know, like if I'm not saying like if someone says, you know, I just say, for example, fair, tell the story of the question in Pigger. So... Somebody in Piggy asked, was it intentional that the character ran the way she did because she's called Piggy and it looked like Trotters? Or was it just an unfortunate way she ran because of how she is? Not not verbatim. Not but. verbatim, but yeah. But that's the kind of question where I think the person running the Q&A should have at that point gone, that's not a very appropriate question. Let's move on. That's I don't. I don't think they fully heard him. I think the director heard, but I don't think the interviewer fully heard what he said. Um, as was the way with the um, identification picture in Barbarian, saying that it's not. It's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. Not a spoiler. No. There's just a scene where a character takes a picture of someone else's ID. And a gentleman in the audience said, would you not consider that a violation? Is, is this character not being hypocritical because they took someone's picture and kept it? And I think at that point, all the women in the audience from the piggy question were just riled and shut him down immediately. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they were going to go for him. Honestly, yeah. it was going to riot. But as Mercer says, a better organised interviewer would have just said, "That's we're not answering that. But again, I'm not sure what was heard. But that person was right at the front. I get the piggy one. She was right at the back. They were right at the back. But to be fair, pretty much everyone else in the audience heard it. Mm. Um, but that's also the problem, like you said, about structure and managing like the Q&As. And I'm not criticising them because, again, best festival that we've been to. But, you know... It's a massive auditorium with like 700 seats or something that go right to like so far back. Like, how can someone in the back ask a question and it translate correctly anyway to the person at the front when they're having to shout? 
I mean, I do think a lot can be lost in that kind of like having to raise your voice, nervousness, blah, 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 blah. I'm not making any um, excuses for piggy person because that question was bang out of order. But, you know, but then, it, but, yeah, well, but they could. Where, where I was coming from with the whole QA thing was purely the questions that were asked. I thought that was the wildest part about it, that these people even had the goal to ask these questions. Like the guy during Aaron and Justin's where they went, oh, I saw X, Y, Z on the screen. I wonder how you did that because it was a cheaply made, it was a cheaply made film. I could tell. It was that I could tell. I was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> where did you come from? Jesus. The, the problem is where... So I was just going to say, the problem is people think they're making a valid point, which is why you need to, really, you need to start submitting them in advance. I know, obviously, you're watching the film there and then, so you can't go, I'll be on your phone during it. But while one of the guys is doing the brief post-film introduction and post little bit of Q&A before they open up the audience, there's plenty of time for that that period for people to be submitting their questions. I see what you're saying. I'm just also a believer in tact. And the th from the audience especially, things can be worded in a certain way mm -hmm. that don't sound confrontational or aggressive or douchey. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But as I say, if you can't trust them to do that, then you have to do, you do it a different way. Mm. So it's one of those, it's one of those things. If you can't be if you can't be trusted to have nice things then you don't get nice things anymore. I guess the outcome of this is uh, Fright Fest audience, next year, if you're going to ask a question, maybe don't be such a dick about it. Why do you fucking neck in? <laughs> Why do you neck in? <laughs> yeah. Maybe not watch a film about someone who's been bullied for the size and then make a comment about the size, basically. The, this, the, I mean... You, oh. are, you, are you going back pe to happy Individual people are nice. People as a whole are dickheads. I've always said this. People as a whole just don't get they just can't see what they're doing and this happened years ago during happy face and i've said this before there's a scene in happy face where um, a bigger girl gets naked and she's confronting her fears about being seen naked with the size she is and it's turning into a love scene and the guy three seats down from me went oh i fuck off how again how have you got the balls to do that who do you think you're impressing by saying this shit? Because, I mean, yeah. they impressed no one this weekend with him questions. Well, no, it'll be... <laughs> and another audience is awful. Do you not remember the year that the one with Macon Blair played and they were calling him a fat bastard a couple of rows behind us? They were not. Yeah. That is horrible. That's horrible. What film was it? It was the one with... Macon Blair in it. Is it Christina? Not Christine. Is Christina Ricci? The one where she's got the daughter and her sister turns back up. Oh, um, with, with the house, with the haunted house? No. It's one where, where she's living there with her daughter and then her sister oh, troublemaker oh, turns back up. Yes, 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 yes. I know exactly which film you mean. And it's uh, it's not Christina Ricci. It's from American Beauty. Um, what's her name? The, the girl in American Beauty, the daughter. Oh, Thora Birch. Thora Birch. Yes. Thrilling. 
30 seconds of podcast in that one. But yeah, anyway, that that is a fucking horrible thing to say. Yeah, come and join the uh, horror audience. We're all lovely. (laughs) Again, people as whole are dicks. Individuals are lovely. Well, let's flick that round. Yeah, we had them. We had them terrible individuals. But I think this year, the sense of actual community within Fright Fest felt a lot stronger to me. Mm. I don't know about anyone else, but I found, you know, having much, so many more conversations with people, obviously with like 10 or 11 pints in my system. So I'll speak (laughs) to anyone when I've got that. Um, But no, like it was, uh, and the karaoke night felt like the first karaoke night again. Yeah, it was was fantastic. Us screaming, singing, dancing, drinking, dancing, singing, screaming, crying, vomiting. vomiting. <laughs> yes. Defecating on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Early the streets at three o'clock in the morning, searching for any kind of food to eat because you've got to be up for the first film, which for some fucking reason, Fright Fest, you put on earlier. <laughs> 10 15. Sunday than any other day. Thanks. <laughs> What's that about? No, it, it, that was, was, it was a brilliant karaoke year. Yeah, absolutely there, fantastic. There was good there was good vibes really through the whole whole weekend. A lot of people I hadn't spoken to before that yeah, they have a chat yeah. to, which is really yep. which is always really cool. Mm. Yeah. And the guests as well this year. Obviously, we had so many more guests who were yeah. so happy to be involved with a bunch of people that apart from a couple of dicks who were there to celebrate the yeah. work. Uh, yeah. And I know we've just sat and criticised Super Z completely, <laughs> but if the directors were there and they were Q&A, there's no way we'd put his hands up and go, uh, there's any reason why he made himself fucking annoying. <laughs> Would we? We'd have been, like, courteous and clapped and even probably said, oh, well done, it's tough that you had your film playing at Fright Fest. That's the thing, you know, you can slate a film, I've said this before, you can slate a film however much you want, but to actually get a film out there is a massive achievement. So it's always something that you should be proud of, no matter what people think of it. You're always going to get people who don't like your work or who love your work, but it doesn't matter. You did it and it's out there. And that's something a lot of people haven't done. So I'd be pretty proud of that fact. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, Fright Fest 2022 has, you know, I've always said, and I've always stood by it, Fright Fest 2010, my first Fright Fest, has always been my favourite Fright Fest. Mm. Always. Um, and it will always hold that special place in my heart. But this yeah. year, I'm like, fuck me, Fright Fest 2022. Like, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, I don't want to scare like any other festivals out there, especially the ones we're going to, like Southern Soho, but these are they kind of set the bar yeah. this year. I'm, I'm, sh- then, I'm sure I'm sure selling Soho will bring us just as much joy. I'm absolutely convinced. It, they never fail. Oh, so because we already bought tickets for one of them. <laughs> bought tickets for oh no, we, oh no, we haven't bought tickets for both. So we're like, oh, no. Listen, if Selo Soho don't bring Drew Barrymore or AJ Bowen, AJ Bowen, then that's it. They've lost. They've lost the game. Hmm. I think that's a perfect place to round that up. I don't think we've got anything else to say. <laughs> We're a threat to sell us. We're going to go full on Karen on your asses. <laughs> and uh, you will know about it. 
yeah, I think that is probably the best the best place to wrap it up. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Sorry, it. you didn't get much out of it. No. I got... <laughs> Here's a list of the films we've watched. They got a list of films that they have to definitely try and watch mm. and then talk to us about on like we want to talk about these fucking films with people. Yes. Yes, we do. So, so I'm still up for talking about nope with everyone, by the way. If you see me, nope. just come and talk about nope, nope to me. Yes, that is the name of the film. Indeed. So we'll have this episode out for you with our exceedingly busy schedule we won't have a normal episode next week we will dip back into the amazon prime the joys archive the machine hasn't warmed up yet so i'm not able to tell you as of yet what film it's going to spit out but i'm sure it's something riveting and interesting it's going to be a corker let's face it when do we do anything when does anything awful but yeah we'll let you know ahead of time so you can listen to it and we will see you we will see you at hopefully either the celluloid launch party, which we're going to next Thursday. on next Thursday, the 8th, or we'll see you in the scrum for the celluloid tickets on the Saturday. We're not telling you what time we'll turn up because we want a head start. So, well, that's, that's giving me a... no, they don't know what we're turning up at 10 a.m. Nice and early. That's nice Sunday. Early. You don't need, you, there's no on the Sunday. <laughs> yeah, don't forget when tickets go on sale Sunday, the 11th. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if someone did and they missed out? I, I would be so guilty. Saturday, anyone... Saturday the 10th, tickets go on sale. Yeah. 12 noon. And if anyone wants to buy three really poor people uh, a ticket... Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to say a drink. I was, I was like, yeah, you can buy oh, no, a drink. No, 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 like a full ticket for the festival. That'd be great. Uh, you've you got 300 quid just knocking about. Yeah. Can't really cash up us. Anyway. Let's go. Let's go. Just quickly say, follow us for all your breakfast and celluloid and general horror bits and bobs on Instagram and Twitter at Spitgrades. I've been your grades on Facebook. If you need to email us for any reason, you can reach us at electricpossums.gmail.com. We're available on various podcast providers, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, we were on Spotify. And they said ACAS, but ACAS are done. They've gone oh. under. They're finished. But yeah, I'm sure if you Google, I spit on your grades and podcast, you'll be able to find us on a silver podcast provider. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. All right then. Uh, say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mercer. Goodbye. And I'll say goodbye, you horrible lot. Bye. Yeah.